We are in Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 through 10. Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 through 10. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it will be better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe unto the world, unto, unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come. But woe to that man by whom the offenses cometh. Wherefore, if thy hand or foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if thy hand or if thy eye rather offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. I want to draw your attention that Jesus took a little child and he presented that little child to the disciples as one of the great ones. I want to use for a subject um, this morning uh, God's little toddlers God's little to toddlers you may be seated the 18th chapter of Matthew is basically a chapter dealing with God's people getting along it's dealing with the church and the people in the church how they as children of God live and serve the Lord and how we serve each other and how we love each other. That's what the 18th chapter is about. We'll be looking into other areas where there's trouble in the church. I mean, oh, there has been at times trouble in the church, not this one, but somebody else's. Amen. What a blessing. Amen. Praise God. But I, I do want to point out something that's very, very important. And that is the, these disciples were pretty much in a contest. They were they were trying to decide who was the best, who was you know, the greatest among them. In fact, they were so eaten up with the fact that they wanted to be greater than each other. They, they, they went to Jesus finally and just asked Jesus Christ, who is the greatest among them? And now probably Peter thought that he had a pretty good shot at it. James and John, in fact, they thought they had such a good shot at it that the mother of James and John went to Jesus Christ and said, we would like for my two sons, one to sit on your right hand, 
one to sit on your left hand, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom. I may know you're in trouble when you try to get mama to run your business as a grown man. Hello. And James and John may have been the sons of thunder, but I think there was a thundercloud behind him called mama. Amen. And so when these disciples were trying to uh, decide, arguing, in fact, this was something that followed them around. They argued constantly who was the best, who was the greatest. And uh, once again, church is no contest. Now, this, this, um, this chili cook-off, it's a contest. But church is no contest. Amen? We're just children of God, and we need to get along and love the Lord. Amen. And so when these disciples kept telling, asking Jesus and fussing about who would be the greatest, uh, Jesus Christ basically said to them, um, you're acting like you're not even saved. You're acting like you're not even saved. You want to know why they were acting like they weren't even saved? They wasn't saved. They hadn't been born again yet. And they were acting like they wasn't even saved. And Jesus Christ says to them, you want to know who's the greatest? You want to know who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? Now, Jesus could have said right from the start, I'm the greatest. He could have said, John the Baptist is the greatest. But instead, he went to a little child and I believe he picked that little child up. He went to a toddler, just a, a baby that's just learning to walk, learning to talk. You say, well, preacher, why would you think that he went to a little toddler? Well, I believe he went to a little toddler, toddler because Mark chapter 9 and Luke chapter 9 talks about this episode. And Mark chapter 9 verse 36 says, And Jesus took a child and set him in the midst of them, and when he had taking him in his arms, he said unto them, whosoever, and goes talking about whosoever's gonna enter in the kingdom must be like this child. Now, I know that this is a small child because Jesus picked the child up in his arms. We know it's a child just learning to walk, learning to communicate. I, I don't want to be misunderstood in what I'm about to say, but it's real important that you understand that it doesn't take long for a child to spoil. Hello. It doesn't take long for a child to spoil. And sometimes the parents help them do that, help them along the way. So Jesus picked one that hadn't been spoiled yet. A little toddler, God's toddler, toddler. And he says, you must be like him this little child. In other words, you've got to be born again. You've got to become like this little child in order to go to heaven. In order to, you, you're not going to be great till you get in the kingdom. You can't be great in the kingdom till you're in the kingdom. And Jesus Christ was first of all saying, you're acting like you're not even saved, which they weren't. And then he picks up a toddler, holds him in his arms, holds him before the disciples, the 12, and says, this is the greatest in the kingdom. This little child, and except you become as this little child, born again, you become a born again child of God, you will not enter into the kingdom of God. You must be converted as this little child. Look at verse three through five. You must be converted as this little child. 
It says, and said, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as a little child, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever shall receive one such as little child as in my name receiveth me. But whosoever shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were be better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Now, Jesus Christ is saying that we must become like this little child. If we're going to be a leader, we must be like a little child. Anybody that don't love a little child isn't fit for society. If you don't love a little toddler, you're not fit to even be alive. Everybody loves little toddlers. I'm not about one to two-year-old, three-year-old. It's after that that gets spoiled and not everybody loves them so much. But Jesus takes the smallest and says, now you've got you to be like this little child. And basically what he was saying is, you've got to trust like this little child trusts its parents. You've got to depend just like this little child for your food and for your nourishment. You've got to be in submission and forgive quickly as a child. You will ask for help, wanting to learn. I mean, met children, they want to learn. It's always why. You tell them, they say, why? You tell them, they say, why? I mean, no, there's no end to the why in a two-year-old. Right? Why, 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 why? Alan, Alan, why? There's no end to it. And so we're told that they should, I believe these little guys, they want to learn, and they're full of wonder and energy for something new. God's people, when we're born again, we give our heart to Jesus Christ, we're full of energy for something new. Have you ever met a newborn child of God, one just got saved that didn't have energy, lots of energy, ready to go, ready to do? Um, it's important that we understand that a little child, and Jesus gives warning, don't you offend these little ones. Jesus gives warning, don't hurt, don't disrupt the little child. And I believe he's talking about not only a little child physically, but also a little child just born again into the kingdom of God. You see, God has put in every born again believer a hurt center. It's easy to be hurt. As a child of God, we're easily hurt. A sinner's not easily hurt. He's easily, he's easily made mad, but he's not easily hurt. A Christian is easily hurt. And a child is easily hurt. And God has put a hurt center in every believer. And because of this, he has put a damage control center in every believer. God cares for us. I, I put it like this. If you hurt, if you hurt Jesus, if you, if you attack Jesus, you hurt Jesus, you hurt me. But if you hurt me and you attack me, you hurt Jesus. We need to remember that because when someone persecutes the child of God, he's persecuting the God of the child. You get after a mama bear's little cub and trust me, it's not gonna end up good for you. And Jesus Christ is far greater than a 
mama bear or a papa bear and Jesus Christ, it's not gonna be good for you. And Jesus Christ said, if you offend one of these little ones, not just a little child, but also a newborn babe in Christ, if you, if you offend them, it'd be better for a millstone be tied around your neck, a millstone, two or 300 pounds, tied around your neck and thrown into the sea, into the depth of the sea. It's hard to believe Jesus would say such a thing. But then again, we're talking about children. We're talking about children. And Jesus is also talking not only about children physically in age, he's talking about his children that love him and that's new in Christ. Um, there are some things that I'd like to point out. I'll not spend a long time in this passage of scripture, but I do want to talk about the fact that God's little converts can be easily hurt we find that in Matthew 18, verse 6, very clear. But whosoever offended one of these little ones, which believe in me, if it would be better for him to have a millstone hung around his neck, two or 300 pound grinding stone that they use to grind wheat or corn, and that it be tied around his neck and put in the depth of the sea and drowned. And so he, he sternly warns people that if you hinder a child, whether it's a child physically or whether it's a child spiritually, that you are going to provoke the discipline of God. And trust me, a millstone tied around your neck, throat in the sea is pretty tough discipline. And so Jesus Christ is talking about we need discipline. And, and there, there's, there's nothing more precious than a, than a little to toddler, nothing more precious than a little child. I mean, they're they're incredible. They're learning to walk, they're learning to talk, they're just incredible. And that, but they can be easily offended and, and a newborn convert can be easily offended. But the truth is, as we get older and as the saints get older, a newborn child of God can be easily offended, but as we get older, it becomes easier for us as a adult to offend others. And Jesus Christ is talking about not offending others. He's talking about as a church, we need to hold each other up. As a church, we need to learn to get along. As a church, we need to honor God. Because this 18th chapter is about how we live and how we should live in the church and how we should treat each other as children of God. When a new convert comes into church, they give their heart to Jesus Christ, we need to treat them very gently. We don't need to be trying to redress them or change their way. We don't need to be trying to clean them. Jesus Christ has his Holy Ghost to do that. He has his word to take care of those issues. And so we need to be very, very gentle and very careful. Now notice it says in verse seven, he, Jesus goes back to the world. And Jesus says, woe unto the world because of, of offenses. It must needs be that offenses come, but woe unto that man in whom offenses cometh. So Jesus Christ says the world, the world is callous to the things of God. The world is against the things of God. And Jesus Christ says the world will offend the child of God. And he's trying to tell the children of God, don't you act like the world. You be born again, you work hard, 
to become as a little child. You be gentle, you be kind, you be gracious, and you make sure that you don't hurt people. Uh, little children have been hurt along the way. I've met people that they've been abused as a child. Uh, they're hurt, they're, 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 you know, they, someone's mistreated them. Because of that, they, they, they withdrawn and they're, they're having a lot of emotional problems. I want to tell you, friends, Jesus Christ can fix that. Jesus Christ has a hurt, hurt center. He has a damage control center in every believer. And God will give you new life and he'll give you new strength and he'll encourage you if you've been hurt as a child. God will rehabilitate you by the Holy Ghost and he will strengthen you. But here in verse seven, he's trying to say the world's different from the church and we need to be careful. And on the, on the um, standards of the world, Jesus Christ gives something very harsh. He said, if your eye offend thee, pluck it out, cast it from you. If your foot offend thee, cut it off, cast it from you. If, if your hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from you. And I, I want you to hear something that the Spirit of God spoke to me. If you don't hear anything that I preached this morning, hear this. It's important that you hear this. We always hear those words, if your eye offend thee, pluck it out. If your hand offend thee, cut it off. If your foot offend thee, uh, cut it off. But I want you to say, I want you to understand that Jesus Christ is saying the severity of this. It's hyperbole when Jesus Christ says, pluck your eye out. If it's causing you to sin, that's hyperbole. That's like jump over the moon. Hyperbole. He's saying, if your hand offend thee, cut it off. If your eye offend thee, cause you to sin, pluck it out. If your foot offend thee, cut it off. That's hyperbole. He's saying, you might as well jump over the moon. You might as well cut your head off. Well, you know you can't cut your head off. Cut your head off, you're dead. So Jesus Christ is trying to say, you need to understand that I'm not telling you to maim your body. He said, I'm telling you that the problem's deeper than your hand, your eye, or your foot. The problem's in your heart. The problem's in your heart. And he said, if the problem's in your heart, then you need to have the cutting of your heart, not the cutting of your hand. You need the cutting of your heart, not the plucking of your eye. You need the cutting of your heart, not the cutting of your foot. What does I mean by cutting of your heart? Circumcised in the heart. God changing our life and God giving us new life, a new heart, a heart of God's flesh and blessing and grace and mercy. And so God is saying, and let me put it like this. I, you know, I used to have a lot of trouble with this. And don't, don't misunderstand me. If your hand causes you to sin, which we know it's a heart matter, it's not your hand, but it would be better to cut your hand off, your foot off, uh, your, pluck your eye out than to go to hell. That's obvious. It's obvious this verse is saying that whatever it takes, don't go to hell. But I, I think he's trying to say to the children of God here, his children, the world is in a different program. The world's going to hell. Without, without the mercy of God, without salvation, the world's going to hell. But a child of God's not going to hell. And so Jesus Christ is saying in these verses of scripture to the child of God, don't cut it off Cut it out. Amen. Cut it out. Hyperbole. Cut it out. If you're doing something wrong, cut it out. Stop it. If you're living a life you shouldn't be living, cut it out. 
Stop it. That's what he's trying to say to the child of God. And we need to be careful that we don't hurt one another in this journey because it's really easy to hurt a child of God. As we get older, problems, offenses come and it just runs off our back like water on a duck. Just runs off our back like, like water that hits a duck. Uh, as, a, as a child of God, as we get older, we get abrasive, we get callous, we lose. And, and I think Jesus Christ is also saying to us this, saying to us this, you need to learn to be a child again. You need to learn to be a child again. You need to learn to be a child that's not all stressed out. Your heavenly father knows what you have need of. You need to learn to be a child again. Excited about the things of God. Excited about the glory of God. A child is always excited about something new, full of energy, full of anything new and, and special. And we, as children of God, need to, we need to grow up, yes, but hear me, we're not to age in grace, we're to grow in grace. The Bible says we are to grow in grace. It never says age in grace. And so there's something that God put in you as a born again child of God, as a newborn child of God, God put something in you, a hurt center, a damage control center, a humble, a need, willing to ask for help, willing to look to God for help, willing to do whatever's necessary to keep from offending each other or ourselves. And God is basically saying to each one of us, we need to learn to be a child again. We need to learn to be a child again. Well, a sinner needs to be a child. These disciples were acting like they weren't even saved. And the truth is, they wasn't born again yet. And many of you in this room, you've been born again. You know Jesus Christ. You've been saved. 40 years I've been saved. Now we'll forget the old Texan that stood up in church and said, I've been saved 40 years, full of the Holy Ghost for 40 years. He said, nothing has been put in and nothing has leaked out. And some woman stood up in the back and says, yes, and I bet it has wiggle tails in it by now. <laughs> Too many people in the church has wiggle tails. Amen? When that, when that old Texan said, I'm full of the Holy Ghost, nothing's leaked out, nothing's been put in, that woman hit it right. Yeah, I bet it has wiggle tails in it by now. It's true. We're not to age in grace, we're to grow in grace. And we're not to lose our, our excitement for Jesus Christ. We're not to lose our joy for serving Jesus Christ. And we're not to lose our dependence and our trust and our obedience, loving God and trusting God for strength and for mercy. We, uh, we need to make sure that we focus on the things of the Lord. And we as children of God need to go back. It's not real easy sometimes to to go back and, and, and learn again to be a child. But if you're gonna get anything out of God, you've got to learn to be a child. I don't mean a child that is in disobedience, I mean a child in total need and total dependence upon his parents. And we need to be people that's in total dependence upon our Father in heaven. Total 
dependence upon our Father in heaven. We need to relearn. Relearn to be a child again. We need to learn to have fun. I said, we as children of God need to learn to have good, wholesome, holy fun. We as children of God need to learn to love church, love the preaching, love the singing, love prayer, love the Bible reading, love. Little toddlers love to come to Sunday school. And, and I'd like to think that I'm still in many ways just a little toddler. I'm just still learning to walk for God. And we need to love and we need to learn. We need to take the example of a child, have fun, not be stressed out. One of the greatest lessons I ever learned as a pastor, now this will sound carnal when I first say it, but it's not, trust me. I've been pastoring for 40, 44, 45 years, preaching the revivals and pastoring for 45, 46 years. And the greatest lesson I ever learned as a child of God, now this is gonna shock you, but the greatest lesson I ever learned, the greatest, now I've learned lots of great lessons, but the greatest I ever learned serving God is, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me what anybody thinks. It doesn't matter to me what the world thinks. It doesn't matter to me what my relatives think. It doesn't matter to me what the church thinks. It doesn't matter to me what anybody thinks. It doesn't matter to me what you think about this sermon. If I've delivered what God laid on my heart, I'm a success and it matters. It matters to God and it matters to me that I serve God. But we need to learn the attitude, I don't care. Amen? A little toddler, mom and dad would be stressed out about how to pay the electric bill. Mom and dad would be all stressed out about trying to take care of things in the house and you know, job and pressures. But that little toddler just sits in the hallway with his toys and he looks up at mom and daddy and says in so many words in a little innocent face, I don't care. I don't care. The storm's blowing. I don't care. The earth's crawling under my feet. I don't care. The storms are bashing at my ship. I don't care. Persecution's coming at my soul. I don't care. People talk about me. I don't care what anybody thinks, what everybody says. All I care about is I'm gonna play at the feet of my Father which art in heaven. I'm gonna play at the feet of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm gonna look to him, trust him, be dependent on him. He'll feed me, he'll protect me, he'll love me, he'll guide me, he'll take care of me, and one day he'll take me home. So I don't really care. Well, who's gonna be the president this next election? I don't care. Now I'm gonna vote, but I don't care. Because it doesn't matter who wins, Jesus Christ has already won my heart. I'm not gonna exalt some man above my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Not gonna do it. I'm not worried about what the government does, not worried about what 
what friends do or neighbors do. I'm worried about what I do at the feet of Jesus Christ. The best beautiful thing I ever learned is I don't care. Now I know what you're gonna think. You're gonna bring me your problems. Say, Pastor, would you pray for me? And all you're gonna hear is, Alan, Alan, Alan. <laughs> no, you're gonna come to me and say, would you pray for me? All you're gonna hear is, I don't care. Well, I do care about your, your, your hurts. I do care about your needs. I care about your healing. I care about God blessing you. But when it comes to me, my status, I don't care. I care about your physical health. I care about your blessings. I care about your life. I prayed for you this morning. I prayed for all the people that's needing a miracle. I prayed this morning a great deal for the church. I prayed for you. I, I sought God for you. I do care in that atmosphere. I care that God's word is presented. I care that the church is, is in unity and, and, and at peace with one another. I care about those things. But when it comes to me, I don't care. Amen? Even if, the mic, even if the speaker's roaring back at me, I care. But anyway, I don't care. Amen? See, when, once we learn the great truth, just keep the monkeys off your back. Just keep the spiders out of your brain. Just keep the worries away. And the only way to do that is play at the feet of Jesus Christ. The only way to do that is be a child at the feet of Jesus Christ. If you sin, cut it out. Not your hand off, not your foot off, not your eyeball out. Cut it out of your heart. Cut it out. Don't do it again. Stop. Cut it out. Live for God. Is the fires of hell real? Yes. But that's for the unbeliever. That's for the lost world. It's not for me. I'm a child of God. I've been redeemed from the fire. I've been redeemed from hell. I've been redeemed from judgment and the curse of the law. I've been redeemed from the judgment of God. I've been redeemed because Jesus Christ took my judgment, died on the cross of Calvary, went to that tomb, rose again from the grave, and, 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 and the world is bound to offend the children of God. The world is bound to hurt little toddlers. The world is bound to hurt, and Jesus Christ says, whoa, unto you. You hurt one of these little ones, not just a little child physically, but a little child of God. If you offend one of these little ones, it'll be better than a millstone stuck hung around your neck, thrown into the depth of sea and drowned. And, and the seriousness of cut, cutting it away and don't doing this and, and realize there's a judgment for the lost and there's, a, there, there's a, 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 a leadership for the saved, the children of God, that we walk in the blessing of God, that we're in harmony. So good that we understand the truths of this. And Jesus Christ is saying, except you become as a little child, a toddler. A toddler. Doesn't take long for a, a child to spoil. But before they're spoiled, they're called toddlers. They're learning to walk. They're learning to talk. They're learning. And Jesus Christ borns us again, learning. An appetite 
Oh, my babies have appetites. They cry for their food. And nothing will appease them until they get what they want. That's what we need to be. We need to be children of God that are hungry for the things of the Lord. I'm going to close with this little story. I was out in Nevada, Carson Valley. Donna Mary knows where Reno is. I guess they're getting a big blizzard right now. Glad I'm not there. But I went into a store and this woman couldn't get her little boy. He was a toddler. He might have been two or three. He might have been a little girl. I don't remember. But it was just a little toddler. And uh, mama couldn't keep that little guy still. He, he or she was walking, you know. And, and you know how two-year-old, when they, when they learn to walk, they're off and going. And mama kept telling that child, you stay close to me. You stay close to me. Don't you run off. You stay close to me. And that toddler would keep running away. And I watched mama. She couldn't get that little toddler to stay close to her. So when that little toddler got distracted and went up the aisle, she stepped in behind the aisle, invisible. She stepped behind another aisle and hid herself. She was watching her little child. And while she was there watching her little child, the little child was doing pretty good for a while. But all of a sudden he looked around. Where, where's mama? Oh my goodness, you thought the world had collapsed. I want my mama, I want my mama, I want my mama. Well, mama's just watching around the corner. And a lady walked up to the child and said, honey, I'll help you find your mama. I want my mama, I want my mama. The store owner said, I'll get on the intercom and see if we can find your mama. That little baby didn't know what an intercom was. I want my mama, I want my mama. After a while, mama came out of hiding. And oh, that little squirt ran as fast as that little squirt could run straight from mama. It wrapped his little hand, little arms and hands around its mama's britches leg, held tight, and patted his mama, her mama. I want you to know sometimes God does that to us. We don't stay close enough to him, so God just kind of ducks in behind the corner and watches us. Somebody else won't help. Nothing will help. We'll begin to cry, I want my papa, I want my daddy, I want my father, I want my father, I want my daddy, I want papa. And then long, Jesus Christ will step out from behind. God will step out and we'll run to him and we'll grab him and we'll say, never again will I stray away. Never again will I stray away. My question is to you today is, have you strayed away? Have you lost the twinkle of a little child? Have you lost the wonder of a little child? Jesus Christ said, if you're gonna be great in my kingdom, you've gotta be the least, you've gotta be a little child. And my question to you today is a sober question. 
Are you far too old for your own good? Are you far too mature for your own good? Maybe you need to just come back and start over. Relearn to be a child. Relearn to be a child. Relearn to serve. Relearn to totally be dependent upon God. See, a child doesn't know where it's going to get its food. It's going to get it from his papa or mama. Little child doesn't worry about anything. And Jesus Christ says, you want to be great in my kingdom? You've got to get to that place where things don't bother you because you're at the feet of Jesus Christ. You're at the feet of God. You get to that place where you cast all your care upon him for he cares for you. All of our problems spiritually is a product of us wandering away. Let me say that again. All of our problems spiritually, all of our hurts, all of our fears, all of our inferiorities are a product of us wandering away. Because when you first got saved, none of that was present. You were a child of God. And Jesus Christ is saying, if you want to be great in my kingdom, you've got to be the least. You've got to become a child again. Children were considered insignificant. Children were considered no rights in those days. Now children, parents sometimes give their children too much rights. They're like, they're like Josiah beginning to reign at seven years old. But anyway, but the truth is, Jesus Christ wants us to learn to be totally dependent upon him. He said, well, pastor said Sunday morning that I, don't, I can just spend my life not caring. I didn't say that. I said, don't care about yourself. Don't care about what people think of you. Don't care about your status. Don't care about your pride. Don't, don't care about your wealth. Don't care. Just care that you're with Jesus Christ. You care about others, but you put others ahead of you. That's how to be great in the kingdom of God. Stand with me. Hope you enjoyed it today. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a great day to serve the Lord. Maybe you need to come to this altar today and just say, you know what? I feel like that I need to start learning to be a child again. I feel like I need to just start over, relearn how to be a, a child that trusts Father God. Maybe you're going to, a, maybe there's a hurt in your hurt center. Maybe you were hurt as a child. You see, new converts sometimes get hurt so bad they leave church and never come back. Newborn believers sometimes get hurt so bad they leave church and never come back. They are mortally wounded. And then there are other little children physically that get hurt so bad they carry the pain in adulthood. They carry the obstruction in adulthood. And I want you to know God does not want you to carry that pain. God wants to forgive you. And God wants you to forgive them that hurt you. God wants you to be like a child, quick to forgive. 
God wants you to be like a child, quick, easy to forgive. You need to loose them. You need to let it go. You need to get to the place it doesn't matter. Life starts with Jesus Christ. Newness of life starts with Jesus Christ. And maybe you have been hurting. Maybe you were hurt as a child. I want you to know God loves you. God cares about you. God is so serious about you. He said, it'd be better that those that hurt you were a millstone, two or three hundred pound rock, grinding rock were tied around your neck and you cast into the sea, drowned. Be better for that to happen to you if you offend someone. Better that to happen that someone offends you. But you see, your job isn't to correct others. Your job is to correct you. Your job is to forgive others for hurting you. Your job is to get to the place where you don't care. That it all, it, it, it all is about your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you've been hurt, I got good news for you. It wasn't your Father in heaven that hurt you. And he'll heal you and he'll bless you. Altar's open, you wanna come as Josh plays and sings.